everybody, and welcome to True Crime Paranormal. This is Katie. I am here with my co-host, sister, and partner in crime, Christy Brower. Hello. Hello. So excited to be here. Starting yeah. off with our cases. I've been I've been yeah. down some deep rabbit holes today. Deep. I had to climb out to come record. Me too. Me too. In fact, the case that we have today is, it's all shades of holy shit. So yeah, we'll get there. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. But before we get there, how are you doing in general? All is well? All is really well. I'm doing well. Yeah. I um, I we have this very strong desire for there to be warm weather. I'm very tired of all my mm-hmm. winter clothes. I keep buying short sleeve stuff. I bought a pair of shorts at the store today. <laughs> I don't know why. Rhonda's like, are you going to wear those? I'm like, well, not today. <laughs> Soon, I hope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. But by the end of January, I'm damn sick of this cold. Me too. I will say I have not given up my Crocs this whole winter, which is no, stupid I'm because impressed. they uh, don't have much traction and I've had some near misses, but... Um, but we we went out to dinner on Friday night. Uh, yes, you and I and, and Rhonda and Scott and our sister Kara and her husband Justin and Kara climbed out of their suburban and literally just went clear to the ground, stepped on the ice, and it was just a yeah, yep. So I haven't done that. <laughs> well, she went down. I haven't either. But I have come down close. Uh huh. This time of year, it just warms up just enough to start melting and then freeze really hard overnight, over and over and over again. Yeah. And so it's so slick. Everywhere is so slick and icy. It's just all you can do to stay on your feet everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's so frustrating. Mm-hmm. And it never quite gets warm enough to burn it clear off. Like, mm-hmm. just enough to make it spread out and make it worse and then freeze. <laughs> my poor little Skippy, my little Chihuahua that's a thousand years old. Uh, he keeps slipping on the steps. And so Scott keeps oh, putting, steps. Oh my oh, gosh. Yeah. As we know, my steps are hell and we keep putting uh, ice and kitty litter on them. And we actually had put a new uh, rain gutter over the steps this year to prevent this. And all it's done is created an ice dam that just, it, it's not helped at all. So <laughs> we, we need a new plan. But anyway, in the meantime, poor Skip, he he's blind and he's on a lot of medication for seizures. And so, you know, he, but he's kind of a, this miracle dog. I open the door. I put him on the steps. He goes right down the steps, goes potty, comes right back up. But I have had to start putting him down, not on the steps, because he keeps falling down the stairs on the ice. So poor boy. And nothing's more pathetic than an ancient chihuahua sliding down the stairs. And, you know, they're not deep stairs. It's not like he's, you know, falling down 20 stairs. They're two shallow stairs. But, uh, stairs. but rolling across the, you know, the snow. And, yeah, you know, we, we can't be having that. So poor guy. But. Yeah, so yes, I'm ready for this to be done for sure. It it mm-hmm. looks like we're warming up a little bit. So anyway, we'll take this crossed. Yeah. Like 31, 32. We've been right. at like 27, 28 for a week. We're yeah, we've got 30s. The whole next week looks like we have 30s. So Yay, maybe this ice will melt. Woo! Yeah. That'll be much better. Yes. So fingers crossed. Well, our case today, I'm going to tell you guys right now, I, it may not be for sensitive viewers. This is some pretty petty, grisly stuff. Uh, But we really wanted to share this case, uh, partly because it deserves to be heard. This is one of our missing and murdered Indigenous women cases. Uh, It also is the case that has created some really important legislation that we're hoping 
um, our law, current lawmakers will build on to uh, create more and more and more assistance and help in these cases. Um, so it's important to share this, but I'm going to tell you right now, this is going to suck. Yeah, this is an unpleasant story for sure. It is. This is the story of Savannah Graywind. Savannah Graywind lived in North Dakota. And she, life was just beginning for her. She was 22 years old. She lived with her parents in Fargo. And she was just getting ready to move into an apartment with her boyfriend. Um, His name is Anthony Matheny. And they were pregnant with their first baby. She had a job as a nursing assistant and was working on moving up from there into elder care and really was, you know, getting her life figured out, was doing really well. She and her boyfriend both are members of the Spirit Lake Sioux tribe and also had connections to another tribe. Let's see. I wanted to tell you who that was because they helped search for her. Well, I don't know. I'll tell you soon. I thought it was another Sioux, another Sioux tribe. Another Sioux okay. tribe. It probably was. Oh, the Turtle Mountain Band of Chippewa. Mm. Oh, so Chippewa. Oh, uh huh. They're both North Chippewa. Dakota tribes. Anyway, um, so that that's her affiliation. Anyway, uh, so you know, life is rolling along. Well, at some point in 2014, they got some neighbors that were very problematic, uh, by the names of Brooke Cruz. And William Hohen. And, or sorry, they moved in there in 2016. And they were a wreck. Constantly having horrible fights. The police being called. It was a nightmare to have them as neighbors. And for six months, he there was a restraining order. And he couldn't even come to the house. And then there was another big explosion. And the police came. And here he was again. And so all kinds of, you know, there was a lot of domestic violence. There was just a lot of issues with these neighbors. And... That had gone on for a while. Well, at one point, he finally decided that he was leaving her. So this was uh, William had decided he was leaving Brooke. And she had told him she was pregnant and had been pretending to be pregnant. Now, between the two of these people, they had something like seven children that neither of them had any custody visitation or rights to. So these are exactly the people that aren't supposed to have kids. Yeah. Well, she, when he discovers she's not pregnant, he told her she better produce the baby or he's gone. The next day she asked Savannah if she would come over to her house and model a dress for her. And Savannah you know, being trusting and being a sweetheart, came over, went over to her apartment. I didn't think anything was up. She'd actually ordered pizza for her family and ran out of time to even eat, left it on the counter. (coughs) Pardon me. Figured she'd come home and eat, let her family know that lunch was there for them. This was at uh, 1.24 in the afternoon on August 19th. So August 19th, baby was due in September. So she's about eight months pregnant. And so she goes over to model this dress. Brooke Cruz told her that she made a dress and wondered if she'd model it for her to take pictures and that she'd pay her $20. So anyway, yeah, she agrees. No problem. Goes over there. Well, in the meantime, 
uh, she had texted her mother to let her know that she was going to be going over there and that lunch was on the counter. Mom replies to her, but she never hears back. And then the boyfriend's texting her and he never hears back. And they both text her all afternoon and they get nothing, which is really weird because she always responds. Now her purse is at home. Her car's in the driveway. I mean, there's nothing that would indicate that she left, but she's not there. Uh, She never ate any of the pizza that she ordered. It's just, she's just gone. She was supposed to take her brother to work, but wasn't home to do that, which was also very weird. So her mom finally took the brother to work. Uh, By 4 p.m., mom's super worried. It just doesn't seem like her. So she goes upstairs and knocks on the door. And Brooke Cruz answers the door and says that Savannah left around 2.45. So now she's just really thinking this is weird because her feet were really swollen from being, you know, eight months pregnant. And so she knew she hadn't taken off on foot or anything like that. No. She also did not trust these weirdos upstairs with all of the fights and the bullshit that they'd been pulling up there. So she really didn't feel good about it. Also... Two weeks ago, two weeks before this happened, Brooke had knocked on the door and asked Savannah if she wanted to come upstairs and smoke weed with her. And Savannah, who was, you know, very pregnant, had declined, but mom just really didn't trust them and felt really weird about what was going on. So at 4.30, she calls the Fargo PD and reports her missing. So the police come a little after 5.00. They talk to Norberta and she tells them, this is to the mom, and she tells them what happened or, you know, what she knows. So they head upstairs, knock on the door, take a little look around and leave. And they come back a little later that night when she still hasn't surfaced and ask a few more questions and walk through the apartment again. And again, supposedly search it. And supposedly, supposedly search, it. search it. Supposedly search it. Uh, but, we'll get uh, it by supposedly. But. Yeah. They turn up nothing. So, okay, so three times. They search the apartment twice on the 19th and once on the 20th. So this family is absolutely in panic. They are searching everywhere. Uh, you know, the, the turtle, uh, the band of, what do they call it? The Chippewa tribe come up. Uh, both tribes are looking everywhere for her. They cannot find her. It's really weird. She just vanished into thin air, basically. Mm -hmm. Yep. So, Hoen and Cruz are the only suspects. That's the police really didn't do a lot. They are they questioned these two a little bit. You know, they came to the apartment and searched it three times. That's about all they've done. Uh, Then one of uh, an officer stops by the roofing company where Hoen works. Uh, to get a little more information about him. And they tell the police that they have a brand new baby at home, which the police think is really weird because they didn't see a baby or anything that would indicate that there was a baby there when they search. And of course, as we know, our missing girl was eight months pregnant. Right. So they go back with a warrant to search the apartment again on August 24th, five days later. And this time they, you know, surge in there without any notice and without giving them a chance to, uh, you know, hide anything. And laying on the bed is a healthy baby girl. So they arrest Cruz right then and there. Then they head over to work and they arrest Hoen. And, but still no Savannah Graywin. 
And so they're searching and searching and searching. Three days later, some kayakers are kayaking down the Red River of North Dakota, and they see something floating that's really weird, and they kayak over it to see what it is. It is a body that is wrapped up and taped up in plastic. It is Savannah. Yeah. Jan, who has been, of course, had a baby cut from her womb. Yeah. So on December 11th, Cruz pleads guilty uh, of conspiracy to commit murder, conspiracy to commit kidnapping, and lying to the police. So she cries all the way through her testimony. She says that. There's no excuse. She says, there's no excuse. There's no rationalization. There is nothing. My actions devastated a family and shocked the community that I called home. Basically, she's used a carpentry knife while Savannah was still alive. They struggled in the apartment after she got there. They had a physical altercation. She pushed Savannah down and she hit her head on the side of the sink in the bathroom and knocked her unconscious. Then she wrestled her into the bathtub and used a carpenter's knife to cut the baby from her womb while she was alive and coming in and out of consciousness. In the meantime, the first way the story went is that Hohen returned home to find her holding a newborn with a bleeding out Savannah in the bathtub. And she tells him, this is our baby. This is our family. So he goes in the bathroom to discover that Savannah is not dead and puts wraps a rope around her neck and strangles her. I told you this was going to be hard to hear. Yeah, it's awful. So, however, uh, that statement later came into question because an inmate of Cruz testified that she told her that that was actually not true, that she strangled her with a rope. And that Hohen didn't do any of those things. Mm-hmm. So then they get the body all <coughs> wrapped up in plastic and hide it in a closet in the bathroom and clean up all the blood. Now, you guys understand, Savannah went over there about 1.30 in the afternoon. The police were there and supposedly did a search at 5 p.m. and found nothing. The body was in the house all through. In other time. words, they glanced around from the doorway and called that a search. I mean, mm-hmm. what bullshit is that? There that makes me so. A baby, a brand new baby, a newborn in the house, as well as the body of the mother in the house all three times that they searched on the 19th and 20th. Yeah. To, to call that a search is the biggest bunch of horseshit I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. They Entirely. searched Nothing. 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 They made no attempt to look for her at all. No. I, I really suspect that they just stood in the doorway and looked. I know. Like, too. really, seriously. How mm-hmm. how could you not? I mean, how could and, the and house not smell of bleach? How could there not have? I, it's just ridiculous. It's asinine. Blood. Blood. I mean, that and much blood. blood? Yeah. Mm. And there's a baby, for Christ's sake. Well, supposedly, uh, Hohen says that both times that he was there when the police came by, he laid in bed under the covers with the baby under the covers with him. Yeah. And that's how they concealed the baby. And they just lucked out that the baby didn't cry at that time. I mean, apparently. And then it's unreal. So then they pull the 
drawers out of a dresser <coughs> and stuff her body in the dresser. And the two of them haul the dresser down to their car and drive away with it and go and throw it in the river. Yeah. So that's what happened. So the baby, of course, uh, goes to live with her dad. And Cruz is sentenced to life in prison without the chance of parole. Hohen pleads guilty to conspiracy to commit kidnapping and lying to the police. He was also charged with conspiracy to commit murder, which he pleads not guilty to and is acquitted of in 2018. Uh, because the prosecutor, or sorry, the defense really paints uh, her as the mastermind, which it sounds like she was, but, you know, paints her as the mastermind. Well, but I mean, how complicit yeah. he be? I mean, Absolutely. Well, and whether he did or didn't, you know, put the rope around her neck and actually end her life. I... Anyway, so he's charged to life in prison. But his lawyer, they go, they appeal his, that sentence of life in prison all the way to the North Dakota Supreme Court because they say that that is an exorbitant uh, sentence for the crimes that he was actually uh, convicted of. So in October of 2019, he has to go back to court in front of the same judge because the North Dakota Supreme Court overturns his life in, in, in prison sentence. We all, we're all clear that this is a white guy, right? And so he has to go back in front of the judge who is obviously absolutely disgusted with the whole thing, but he has to re-sentence him. His attorney's asking for seven years. Oh my God. Seven years. The judge says, I will give you as many years as I possibly can under the law. So apparently he had initially believed that because of all of the other convictions he had, this was a special case where he could give him life. But the uh, Supreme Court didn't see it that way. So anyway, he ends up giving him 20 years. Wow. Yeah. It's so that fool can get out. That's he will horrifying. Think, yeah. This, if he gets, you know, anything on good behavior or whatever, he could be out when she's still in high school. The, or the little girl. God. It's unbelievable. That's just horrifying. He has yeah. absolutely no right to ever get out. Ever. Yeah. Her family did not come to the resentencing. And the, uh, have either there is no their way. attorney said they are just so disappointed exhausted and upset they just can't they can't do anymore yeah it's absolutely disgusting it is it's horrifying so that's the basic case well from that a uh, former north dakota senator heidi heitkamp introduces savannah's act which is a bill that aims to improve tribal federal access or tribal access to federal crime information, exactly what we've been talking about, right? Databases and creates a standardized protocol for responding to cases of missing and murdered Native American women. So she puts that bill forward and doesn't get enough support to get it passed. In 2019, Lisa Murkowski, she's a senator from Alaska, she puts it out there again, and it passes mm -hmm. the House and Senate in 2020, 
And in, on October 10th of 2020, it was signed into law. It mm-hmm. hasn't, nothing has seems to have been uh, enacted or changed yet, but now, you know, uh, under the new it's, administration, it's a first we expect step. it to. It's a first step. Yeah. 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 There is another law that was also signed into uh, action that day as well, signed into law. That's the Not Invisible Act. Mm-hmm. So the Not Invisible Act is intended to increase intergovernmental coordination to identify and combat violent crime within Indian lands and of Indians. The act establishes a joint commission on reducing violent crimes against Indians of local, tribal, and federal stakeholders from diverse geographic areas that will make publicly available recommendations to the Departments of the Interior and of Justice on best practices for both departments. So this is going to create a lot more, uh, at least a database and a way for intergovernmental agencies to work together on these cases. Because that seems to be a huge problem. It wasn't so much in Savannah's case because Savannah lived in Fargo. She wasn't on a reservation. The cases in on reservations. Well, and you know now our new um, cabinet cabinet head of the Department of the Interior is Native. Yes, uh, yes, Deb Howland. And I was I was so pleased to see that because that's how it ought to be. Yeah, that is what we need. So we're going to see some big movement on this because in the Act it says that no less than ninety days from the day of the signing of these bills, which was in October. The uh, there has to be a rolling forward. There has to be recommendations from the Justice Department on how to make these uh, acts come to be and come together. Mm-hmm. And of course, there's probably been very little action on them because of all of the political upheaval we've had. But now mm-hmm. we're going to see that start rolling forward. So we're going to yeah, watch for well. it. We're going to demand it. We're going to keep our legislators' feet in the fire and make sure that these bills are supported and expanded on. But, uh, you know, now you know where the Savannah's Act came from. It, it is from Savannah Greywind. So in case you're wondering about her daughter, her name was, her name is Hazley Joe. That was the couple, they're the name that her mama picked before she died. That was mm-hmm. the name she was supposed to have. She remained healthy. She actually is a healthy baby. She was healthy when the police picked her up. And it's amazing. Amazing. That she yep. lived, that she was okay. Mm-hmm. That crazy woman oh, and the things that she yeah. did, it's, it's a miracle she didn't hurt her. It's an absolute miracle. So she lives with her daddy and he and her mom's family both, uh, you know, are playing a role in helping to raise her. And I'm sure she's an unbelievable blessing in the lives of uh, all of them in trying to come to oh, terms yeah. with their grief and anger over her death. It's just unthinkable. It is. It is. Yep. So that is, uh, that's our MMIW case this week and a very important one. And I I know that was very hard to listen to. If you're still here, you know, a gold star to you because that was a horrific case, but uh, it's really important that we understand the legislation and we continue to demand more and keep fighting for it. And also all hail Lisa Murkowski for making sure that this got pushed through. Yes. Yes. She, well, and you, you know, she's from Alaska and, and there's a huge uh, problem with violence against natives in Alaska too. So, yes, you know, this was when was in the Dakotas, you know, 
Yeah. We're seeing it all, you know, all over in the Western states. Mm -hmm. It's just Northwestern states. Epidemic. Yep. Yep. All righty. Well, that's it. Now, don't forget, we still have a lot more good cases, good cases, great cases to come this (laughs) week. Wednesday night, of course, we'll be here uh, for our live stream at 7 p.m. Mountain Time for the Wednesday night updates. And then Thursday night, we'll be back for the Psychic Hour, also at 7 p.m. Mountain. And watch this month, uh, Spirit School members. uh, On Sunday, we had Spirit School was about uh, an intro to using cards. And coming up in February, we'll have our Oracle cards. Yep. Uh, And then uh, in October, sorry, October. Wow. In February, we will have our guided meditation as well as uh, another oracle card class. I'm going to teach you how to do a three-card spread. And then, uh, Christy, you'll be teaching another class in February as well. Yeah, I'll be teaching on um, attachments, relationship attachments specifically. Fantastic. Okay. I thought February, you know. Yeah, definitely. So we have lots of good stuff coming. So watch for that. As always, please comment, like, share, subscribe. Come and join us over on Facebook, True Crime Paranormal, and our uh, our discussion group is True Crime Paranormal Podcast with the Psychic Sisters. Don't say that mm-hmm. 10 times fast. Who knows what will come out of your mouth? But <laughs> <laughs> we would love to connect with you in all of those ways. And if you want to send us a case, head over to truecrimeparanormalpodcast.com, and you'll find a spot mm-hmm. there where you can... Uh, suggest a case if there's one that you think needs our attention. So thanks so much, you guys, for being here. This has been True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. Take care. Bye, guys. If you're enjoying this podcast, don't forget to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. If you're watching us on YouTube, you can always like and subscribe there as well. We also love comments and reviews. True Crime Paranormal is hosted by Katie Weaver and Christy Brower and produced by Christy Brower. True Crime Paranormal is a short girl productions podcast.